0: I talk with Christopher Lee Maher about true body intelligence and relieving stress in work and life. Christopher Lee Maher, welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast.
1: Thank you. How are you doing, John?
0: I am well. It's a pleasure to be with you. We've been preparing for this episode for a long time now. It's a pleasure to finally have a chance to sit down with you and to chat and even just chatting in the pre-interview and getting to know you a little bit and just finding all of the little connections in, in life. We don't live anywhere near each other, but but we have these connections and it's, it's always fun to uncover those today we're going to be talking about true body intelligence and relieving stress in work and in life now everything we talk about today is going to have direct relationship to our personal life but as organizational leaders tuning in I hope all of you will also think about what this means for your work life and what this means for your teams in the workplace because we know that there's heightened levels of stress and anxiety and burnout at work uh, so all these issues that we're going to be talking about, have application and implications for uh, for your team at work. As we get started, I wanted to share Christopher's bio with everybody. Christopher Lee Maher is founder at True Body Intelligence. At the age of 22, Christopher was a Navy SEAL in his prime, with a sleek 1.8 percent body fat, and pound for pound, he was one of the fittest people on the planet. He was also completely unaware of the full impact that stress would eventually have on his physical mental energetic and emotional well-being he trained all day long at a level on par with professional athletes in fact after the seals he began focusing on his dream of making it the u.s olympic trials in track and field a lack of awareness of the impact of high stored stress loads kept him from ever manifesting this dream and of course he's done so many other amazing things um, since then Uh, Anything else, Christopher? You would like to share with listeners by way of your background before we launch on into the topic for today?
1: Yeah, I mean, my background is is uh, pain, and was my teacher, and led me into this line of work, and and into this devotion to help others. And without that, to be honest with you, I have no idea what I would be doing. <laughs> So I'm happy with my life and I'm really grateful for all the stress that actually, in retrospect, I'm happy that I had all the stress to deal with because it helped me develop myself in a way that I would have never had the opportunity had it not been that extreme.
0: Yeah, stress is a great teacher. And, you know, we're going to be talking about how we can go about relieving stress. That's not to say that all stress is bad. We know there are different types of stress and we know that stress can, can move you towards action and it can kind of shake things up and, and there it's a natural response. Uh, It's a, it's a biological and psychological response um, that has been built into us over, you know, thousands and thousands of years as a human race. And so it has its place. The problem becomes when we get overwhelmed by the stressors and the the anxieties and, and the different things in our life, and and where we don't have the chance to use it as a learning tool, but rather we 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 get sucked in, right? And then we end up ruminating. We end up um, rather than make taking a positive step forward and learning from the challenges that we're facing. Uh, we, we just get stuck, right? And that, that is something that we all deal with at different points in our lives. We all have hard stuff. We all have challenges. We all have different stressors. We all have anxiety. We all have to deal with challenges at home, at work, in our community. Um, that's just part of the human condition. We all have it uh, at varying levels at different points in our lives. Uh, the question isn't whether or not we're going to have it. It's, it's how we're going to respond when we have it. And can we do it in a healthy way? Um, so I'm, I'm super excited to just really explore all of this with you today.
1: Oh, well, this is great. Uh, let's see. So where, where do I want to drop in first? Um, the truth is, is that you don't have to have it. Okay. Meaning that the stress that's going on outside of you doesn't have to change what's happening inside of you. Right. And the biggest deal is that people self-medicate. And what I mean by self-medicate is they go into what I call the acceptable daily drugs, right? So either they're managing their stress load with caffeine in the morning and managing it with alcohol at night, or they're managing it with caffeine in the morning and now marijuana at night, or they're managing it with exercise, which is what I was doing. I was managing my stress with exercise, and then I was exercising too much, and I was ending up with all of these chronic injuries, and then I burned out my energy so much it made it very difficult for me to sleep. And so, one of the misnomers within stress is the topic that we're really talking about is distress, right? Yes, there are positive stressors, there's you stressors, and we are meant to process a certain amount of stress. But I'm I'm going to give you a concept, okay? And the concept is is that human beings can only recover from so much stress within a 24 hour period, right? And so that means that when you're sleeping, you're meant to recover from that stress load from the day before. The challenge is, is that people's stress loads are so high that when they go to sleep, they're actually not recovering from the stress they had that day. So there was, I call it your restore, repair, and recovery rate is too low, and their accumulated stress load is too high, right? And then at that point, they start to experience some kind of um, some kind of symptom, right? And that symptom could be um, impatience. That symptom could be uh, poor sleep. That symptom could be. Excessive weight gain, uh, distraction, um, you know, a number of small symptoms that eventually turn into like bigger symptoms like, wow, this is so weird. I went for a regular checkup and my doc told me that I have colon cancer and I'm 44 years old. How did I get from here to there? And the, the truth is, is that they had an unresolved stress load that they never dealt with. And so stress manifests as tension in the body and then tension turns into distortion. And what that means is it actually changes the inner bone rotational relationships that you have. Okay. And then what do, what do most Americans suffer from? Low back stiffness, low back pain, or a reduced range of motion in their neck and neck stiffness. All right. I read an article in 2000 and the article hinted that 47% of Americans have reported back pain, 47%. Well, we know in that 47%, it's, we're it's not including children, okay? Or at least I thought we weren't until I started working with children. Um, so that's a large portion of our population. So if you have 330 million people in the United States, we're talking almost 150 million people who have reported back pain. Well, what does that tell you? It tells you that there's enough structural distortion to create uh, remarkable amounts of stiffness. The challenge is when you have the stiffness in the body, the body says, look, in order to reduce the discomfort, why don't I release some fluid into the area so we reduce the friction? So that's 47%. So we have 150 people 150 million people in the United States running around with low back pain. Okay, that is a, uh, um, that's too much, right? So if you have the distortion, and we step back, that means we have the tension. And, and in order to have the tension, we have to have the unresolved stress loads. Yeah, so the key is how do I reduce my unresolved stress load? Well, you have to take the tension out because the tension is what's in between the stress and the distortion. So now I gotta go in and I have to implement some form of practice that will allow me to pull enough tension out that I can start to feel normal. And then guess what happens. I have a reduction in my symptoms. The symptoms actually disappear because i'm putting a fair amount of time and energy in removing the tension which automatically removes and reduces the lifetime accumulated stress load and we don't even know that we're accumulating stress and tension because it comes in so slow every day right there's just a there's a micro a micro amount that's added every single day and i created a term for that called strama and what it means is stress plus time equals trauma so here's a guy He's an ethical guy. He's a moral guy. He goes to work every day. He works really hard. Uh, He shows up on time. He's doing all the things that are right, but he's not aware that the workload that he's dealing with is greater than what he can process in a 24-hour period because his restore, repair, and recovery rate is too low. So he bends down to tie his shoes to go to work, and he ruptures a disc. And now he's in his bed for two and a half months repairing, right? And this is, so what, what is he repairing from? He didn't have blunt force trauma. It's not like he went snowboarding and this 16 year old kid came across his right side and knocked him over and twisted his back. No, this is actually from too much accumulated stress that's never been dealt with because the lifestyle that we live is beyond our capacity to repair.
0: We look forward to having you join us. Super, super interesting. And I I think about everything you're saying, I'm like, oh, that seems to apply to me. Oh, (laughs) you know, there's a lot of that that I suspect applies to many people listening right now. And I'll often, you know, tell my wife, I'm like, oh, I didn't sleep so great last night. Oh, you know, I have some some back pain, or or my wife notices that I was maybe clenching or grinding my teeth or something like that. And I'm like, I don't know, I don't feel stressed. I don't feel like I feel fine. I don't feel like there's any huge thing hanging over my head that would cause me um, to kind of be in that state of being. But what you just described, that cumulative stress load, um, it builds up imperceptibly over time. And unless you're finding ways in healthy ways uh, to to release it uh, and to repair, then inevitably it's going to end up manifesting in ways that just aren't healthy, that aren't good for you. And and so we need to you know take stock personally about like what are we doing, what what does our daily load look like? Um, and, and and I would love to hear from you, like what what are some of those specific things that we can start to do right away that can find us in better balance. And, and if we can start to do that for ourselves, then that'll put us in a position where we can model that kind of behavior and look out for the health of our, our team at work as well.
1: Uh, I mean, it, what I um, think is most important if, if you're a leader, because you said team, uh, that's sort of where my my mind went, is that what leaders need to understand from my perspective is that all nervous systems vibrate to the highest functioning nervous system in a collective field. And so if your leader is stressed, his team by and large is going to be stressed. And so I'm looking for what I call, I created a, a term called impact leadership, right? An impact leader is someone that is reducing on a daily basis, they're being super responsible, to themselves and are reducing their lifetime accumulated stress load and the first thing to do is to look at how you're self-medicating some people are self-medicating with dessert right so they're having you know a box of cookies after work because I, I i i was that guy like i worked really hard today i definitely want to have a sweet treat i was raised in pennsylvania in pennsylvania we sometimes have dessert for breakfast <laughs> So some of the things that people can do that are really easy are look at what daily drugs, acceptable drugs that you're using and reduce one of them. Like grab one and stop using it. So if, you're, if, you're, if it's caffeine, then what I would do is after a week, cut it in half. And then the next week, cut your con, cut your consumption again in half and do that until you're not using caffeine anymore, but still maintain the ritual, switch into some kind of herbal tea, some other kind of warm drink that satisfies you. And as soon as you get off of that train, what's going to happen is your body is going to stop releasing what are called stress hormones. So cortisol and adrenaline and your stress markers take 365 days in order to stop running in your system. And so it takes literally once you stop using caffeine, it takes an entire year for your nervous system to normalize back to normal and not produce those stress markers in the blood. That's one simple thing. Maybe you're on the opposite end and you're someone who consumes, you know, a half a bottle of wine at night before you go to bed. Well, reduce that by half and reduce that by half until that's you're done with that. Okay, and. When a person has discomfort or something that's chronic, it's already been going on for an extremely long time. Meaning, most people think the guy who uh, bent down to tie a shoe and ruptured his disc, his first thought might have been like, Oh, I must have twisted the wrong direction when I bent over. It's like, No, you had 30 years of accumulated stress that you never dealt with. So whenever you're having a symptom, meaning and a symptom is any level of chronic discomfort. If you wake up in the morning and your energy is not abundant, that means that you have a chronic stress load that's going on because you should be able to go to sleep, have six, maybe seven hours, wake up in the morning and be ready to go feeling inspired and energetic. And if you need to go over to your coffee maker to wake up, that's telling you that your body isn't recovering. And if that's the case, whenever a human wakes up in the morning and their eyes are heavy and tired, the first thing they should think is there's something going on with my liver. My liver is too clogged. It's either too fatty, it's too stressed, or it's too toxic. What do I got to do? They should get into some kind of either minor or major liver cleanse or detoxification program in order to get that organ running really, really well. Cause if your liver runs well, your energy is always coursing freely and you always have a good night's sleep. I Meaning you go to sleep at an appropriate time and you wake up and you feel rested when you wake up. The challenge is most American adults don't have that feeling, which is informing you that the diet that they're on is too heavily processed and the substances that they're using to manage their stress are too toxic for their system and they're too consistent and so you have to have a break you have to have a reprieve away from your poor habits okay because everybody wants to have energy because look it's the United States we're we're taught from a very young age that more is always better so, well, if I want to get ahead and um, what am I going to do? Well, I'm going to, I'm going to apply um, this idea that working harder is smarter. And the reality is it's not because when you go too far, you've gone too far. And once you get in a habit of going too far, that feels normal for you. And once that feels normal, you have no idea that you're creating and accumulating more stress than your body can actually handle. But the first sign is I wake up and my eyes are tired and my eyes are heavy. If that's the case, you need to take, what I'm, you need to take serious stock of what I'm sharing with you and go, oh, okay, that makes sense. My restore, repair and recovery rate is too low because my lifetime accumulated stress load is too high. So I got two things that I can do. I can either address this with my diet, I can address this with going to sleep earlier, or I can actually reduce the amount of stress that I've accumulated through either some form of meditation, which for me is way too slow, or some form of breath exercise, which for me is way too slow, or I can go directly into the structural body and start stripping out massive amounts of tension. And the challenge is, is that most people who've adopted managing their stress with some kind of chemical, either alcohol or caffeine, a downer or an upper, have parents who modeled that example for them. And so they feel like if they're not doing what their parents was doing, they're somehow being disloyal. And so imagine that these stress loads have been going on for thousands of years. And somehow you have to have a successful pattern interrupt in your pattern, whatever your pattern is. Yeah,
0: yeah. Well, and so I think, again, what is that pattern interrupt going to be for me? Much of what you're saying, you know, I'm, I'm taking stock as you're talking I'm like, huh, these are these are definitely things I need to be thinking more about. Um, I need to have a pattern interrupt in my own life in some of these areas. Uh, But also when we, when we go back into the workplace and I look around and I see high levels of stress and anxiety and I see burnout and I see people disengaged, um, lackadaisical in their work, not, not passionate, not, not purpose-driven. And when I see those things, it, it, a lot of it's going to come back to what you're talking about. And so what can I do to pattern interrupt, you know, that kind of, um, existence within the team in the workplace. And, and so again, modeling, learning how to do this for myself, and then modeling it for my people and, and encouraging them to, to do similar healthy practices is, is going to really pay a lot of dividends, uh, not only for them individually as, as people, and that's, that's enough in and of itself, but, but also collectively, you know, for as, as a team, as we produce and help the organization to be more successful as well.
1: Well, yeah, go ahead. I think the thing for me is, is that the impact, an impact leader is someone who's really honest with themselves. And as an impact leader, if you're waking up in the morning and you're exhausted, you have to be honest with yourself and you have to go, whoa, something's going on. Because when I woke up as a little kid, I was ready to go in the morning. How come I have to have three cups of coffee before I go to work? Or I have to have a cup of joe? And an impact leader is someone who's incredibly honest with themselves first, and they're able to self-assess and be in reality rather than in delusion.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well said. Christopher, it has been a pleasure. I know at the time I'm going to have to let you go here in just a minute. But before we wrap up for today, I just wanted to give you a chance to share with listeners how they can connect with you, find out more about your work, and then give us the final word on the topic for today.
1: Okay, uh, for for you guys, the easiest way is to go to amazon.com and pick up my book, Free for Life, a US Navy SEAL's path to inner freedom and outer peace. And that's simple. You can go to truebodyintelligence.com. And I think there's a couple of videos there and some information, but it's really all sort of basic. Um, and you can figure out how to get a hold of me. You could email us at support at truebodyintelligence.com and um and organize a call or some time to gather together. Uh the word for today is honesty.
0: I love it. Thank you, Christopher. It's been a pleasure. I encourage listeners to reach out, get connected, find out more about what Christopher can do for you. Check out the website, check out his book. And as always, I hope everyone can stay healthy and safe, that you can find meaning and purpose at work each and every day. And I hope you all have a great week. Bluer than Indigo Leadership, the journey of becoming a truly remarkable leader. Early in my adult life, I learned about an Asian proverb that translates as bluer than indigo.